It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It takes a lot of hard work to make it look easy. This Mother's Day, Duluth Trading Co. can help you give her something that keeps up. Whether you prefer to shop online or in-store, Duluth has a motherload of gear, goods, and gifts to keep her comfortable and capable, no matter what needs doing. With Duluth's problem-solving details and legendary durability to boot, you'll finally be mom's favorite again. Check out DuluthTrading.com for all your Mother's Day gifting needs. Hello and welcome to the podcast, the nature and countryside podcast from BBC Country Farm magazine. My name is Fergus Collins and I'm the host of the podcast. And welcome to our season of 14 episodes that we're calling A Taste of the Countryside. We're celebrating food and drink and especially those farmers and food producers who work alongside nature and the environment as they go about their business. And this week we're in a brewery in Dorset in the company of our good friend Kevin Parr naturalist, writer, angler, and man of beer. Join him as he goes behind the scenes of the Cern Abbas Brewery to meet not just the folk who make the beer, but the local farmer who grows the barley that goes into the brewing. So fill your glass with a cooling ale and sit back to enjoy a blissful summer's day deep in the heart of the countryside. I've just sought the shade of a sycamore, which... Uh is welcome today sort of first settled hot spell of early summer let's sneak up to the edge of a field and just look to where I've been which is a giant hill at Cern Abbas in Dorset I can see the outline of the um, of the figure from here. Some dispute as to how old this chalk figure is. Could well be Saxon theories recently uh, unearthed that um, point to that. It's which uh, would make it a lot older than uh, white horses that sort of appear on the hills up in Wiltshire, especially. Anyone who doesn't know it, it's a huge figure of a man holding a club and nothing's left to the imagination <laughs> it's often regarded as a symbol of fertility there's there's various legends about its potency that perhaps spending time there in various shapes or forms or <laughs> situations might aid fertility but it's a well-known spot 
I'm just walking back now. I just had a quick walk around the bottom, mainly to look for uh, butterflies. And I saw plenty. It's a little bit late now for Duke of Burgundy, which do occur here. But uh, I saw my first marbled white of the year, so that was rather nice. Meadow browns and small heaths out in force. A couple of small blues, which was very pleasant. And it's, and oh, burnet moss just by the thousand there everywhere. I'm just going to wander back down now to the little bridge which crosses the River Cern, which is just a short chalk stream, a tributary of the Frame. And I'm going to follow it downstream. I'm doing this journey slightly, slightly to cock because um, that's a terrible pun actually given given what I'm looking at. Um, I'm actually going to visit a brewery which is about half a mile downstream and then I'm going to visit a farm thereafter where the barley from which the beer is brewed is grown organically but I'm sort of following the route of the stream which always seems appropriate to me at least so I'm floating downstream Realistically, I should go to the farm first, but uh, it does bookend the process of the of brewing, so it, it works okay, I think. And this is a stream, a little river, that I think Fergus knows because I'm pretty sure this is where he caught his first ever fish. I think he caught a little trout. I might have made that up. I'll have to double check with him, or maybe he can edit this bit out if it's wrong. I won't pause at the bridge, there are kids playing in it, which is great to see. Um, it probably won't make for particularly good listening, that breeze, God, that's nice. And I shall um, join you again when I reach the brewery. Cheers. Cheers. I've just met Vic, who... Uh... I've just met you, Ken. <laughs> And uh, Vic has started me off with a with a pint of responsibly. Please drink responsibly. Yes. Um, which is a two point eight percent, really lovely hoppy drink. And I am at the Cern Abbas Brewery, which um, is just south of the village. Um, we can see the giant, or the giant can see us, as Vic said. Looking down, it's a fantastic setup. We're in a barn with lots of old sofas and chairs. And there's a lo lovely buzz about the place. There's a few people arriving for pints. You open every day, do you? Yeah, they're taking some bagging boxes home with them. Mr. Gleason, he's, um, yeah, he's got 10 litres of ale, I think. Fantastic. Yep. And, and where did it start for you then, brewing? Me? I started in the other valley. I started over in, in Piddle Valley at Piddle Brewery. And, um, I got headhunted by a bigger brewery in Salisbury. Jody, my business partner, has he's just come out of his marriage and we started off CERN Abbas Brewery and here we are now. And you take water, I'm guessing the CERN, River CERN's just, what, 50 yards down here? The water ceremoniously passed by the giant. Oh, okay. of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes. And um, all drawn from the borehole as well. The waters of CERN Abbas, which the reason that St Abbas is obviously here is because of the water. There was the Silver Well or St Augustine's Well. Do we want to go rambling on in the history of St Abbas? Do please, yeah, yeah, no, very much. 
So an Abbas, quick rundown. Yeah. Is that um, we had an abbey started in late 900s. King Canute came along, smashed it all up. Terrible behaviour from the man. He went off, found Christianity, came back, never sorry about that, helped with the building of the abbey. This is all around the water, Kev, the magical waters. So in 1166, Father Bernard, he left the abbey because Cern Abbey was a bit raucous. They had a massive, massive brewery. Father Bernard left St. Abbas to carry on his brewing and started brewing in Burton-on-Trent, so to replicate the waters of St. Abbas. So there's got a lot in that there, water, Kev. Yeah. Not just hydrogen and oxygen, you. There's more to it than that. This is a special, yeah. Ooh. And it's a chalk stream, but it's also... as an It op- is, it is chalk stream. We've also sat on a big belt of green sand. Mm. Comes all the way down from Wing Canton, passes through Minturn, and you've got Lady Abingdon's Well in the gardens at Minturn. Water running through this green belt of sand all through the chalky geology. We're very, very lucky. Yeah. And so we're just drawing it straight out and making beer. And you get your barley from... Godmanston, that's just further down the valley. <coughs> other side of Neversern, hey, so that's, that's Will Best. And him and Pam, what they've done, with the organic farm is very inspirational, very, very inspirational. The, the barley then goes from Will back up to Warminster Maltins. Right. And that's, um, that's the floor malted maltsters. It's fundamentally, it's a working museum. Everything's done by hand. Wow. <clears throat> I've been, yeah, I've been going in, seeing them for, I think it's 12 years now. It's, it's incredible kind of stuff happens in our trade. And Bruins are... It's, it's a bit of an incestuous industry, to be <laughs> fair. <laughs> everybody knows yeah. everybody, and we're all a band of brothers and sisters. And There's not too uh, much secrecy behind none. the group. Oh, none, none, none at all. There's nothing about anybody's going to be doing differently to anybody else. We're just taking water, buy hops, yeast, other things if you want to go fruits or vegetables. Presumably the barley's all coming up in one hit. They malt it all in one go, and then you grind it to order. Right. So we could take it a ton at a time. And of course, when we've made the beer with it, yes, back down to Will for one of the brews, <clears throat> because he's got his pegs. And every now and then we do have some lovely swine to celebrate a Sunday with. Um, and um, the rest of the barley goes back to our landlords, because we're on a dairy farm. Yeah. So that goes back in to feed the girls for, um, for all our milk. It's fantastic. Which you can buy straight in a village shop. Yeah. <laughs> that gets took down there by the churn. It's just, it's, it's yeah. idyllic. And it's all coming together. It's all the strands are weaving in. And the, the more strands that we weave in, the stronger we will become. Absolutely. And the lovely thing as well, you're talking about the history of CERN. Ooh. And that's how things would have worked back then. It would have been... It would have localised. been. Exactly. Ah! Matt! Okay. Come up here, man. Have you met Matt before? Funnily enough, I met Matt last summer. And yeah, I, I found out a grass snake. Do you remember the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. Yeah. One of the best <laughs> foraging days I've done. Good to see you, buddy. Man, it's the coldest hand in Dorset. Feel that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hi, we've mate. just been joined by. Um, Matt Follis, who's a chef. I knew you, you won MasterChef a, 
a few years ago now. 13 years. 13 years, okay. But you're certainly, you're, you're not a native, you're Australian, I believe. Oh, and, oh dear. Ouch. I'm a you're, Kiwi. Yeah, yeah. Kiwi. Yeah, I know. I'm going to rewind that bit. <laughs> are you still restauranting or? Yeah, bit of restaurant, bit of, we do foraging days, we make liqueurs. Yeah. You can buy these liqueurs here, obviously. Fantastic. Of course. Available at Turnover's <laughs> <Available at laughs> <Turnabas> Brewery. <laughs> obviously, we stock, we stock Vicks beers. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Loving the look of that one that you've got on the bottom of the board, the meadow sweet and yarrow and... Yeah, I talk nonsense about how to make beer when I'm on the course. It's nice to see oh, someone perfect. actually doing it. Yeah. Do, do you make it yourself? I don't. I make, well, we make liqueurs. Um, I, I make a bit of wine occasionally for personal use. And when we do our foraging days, we, you know, we talk a lot about how to do it. So, yeah. So. Fermentation. Yeah, yeah. Fermentation. Fermentation. Fermentation is legal. Distillation is not. Well, so. we know anything about distillation. I'm brewer. <laughs> 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 No moonshine stills here. No, civilised countries like New Zealand, you're allowed to distill exactly. for personal use. Yeah. Exactly. So not in the UK. Without oh, a license. You can get a license. Though. Yeah, we'll have a look yeah. at that at some point. Um, for making perfume, I see. Of course. Yes. Or vinegar. Vinegars, yeah. 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 The only legal way of distilling is um, freezing. You can, you oh, can to in- change the alcohol content. but. I don't think I'd want the revenue knocking on my door. No, thank what, you. What you're doing we get our bill duty returns in exactly. on time. Yeah. But you've got your malt bill with your maltsters. You've got your hot bill with your hot merchants and water from the ground. And send, yeah. Well, obviously, there's obviously the duty, which is the biggest cost of everything that we own. Yeah. But that's the man. And how do you, when you're creating a, a brew, and what sort of quantities are you looking at in difference in, in, in amount of malt, the amount of... We, Hops or? we go for it every time. Um, when I first did my first brew when we was over in Jidduk, that's your only leap of faith. I went for something that I knew was where I wanted to be. Then we went for the first four brews, slightly different. And then when Jody was coming out of the pub, we put yeah. all four beers on the handballs with one, two, three, and four shoebox with bits of paper for various degrees of abuse and let us know which ones that you um, like the most. Um, it came out number three. <clears throat> so then we did it for a couple of weeks and I've looked back through these recipes recently because I've gone back through all the sort of all of that and it was um it's incredible how close they are to what we're doing. Really? <laughs> yeah nothing's really ventured that far and from one beer we kind of lead into another one. And then we do the seasonal beers, which we have no recipe for. So you've got your core range. And then during the lockdown was brilliant because we didn't have to keep people going, oh, we want this one, we want this one. And yeah. the more people that shout, we want it, we have to brew it. We're not sure whether we're making everything we sell or we're selling everything we make or how it's all working, but we literally, as soon as it's made, it's gone. And we operate at that speed. And of course, when the pubs aren't around, taking castings, casts of beer, we could brew what we want. Yeah. And I ventured down the route of a start of echinacea, so I thought that would be good if there's virus going about and colds, help your immune system. And yarrow, mugwort, meadow sweet. Meadow sweet is a, I'm guessing you use that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yarrow is good as well. Yeah. The old mugwort helps with the. Uh, I don't know mugwort. It's a first cousin to wormwood. Which you put oh, right. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. 
So, but um, what do you use it for? Flavour or? Ah, it's all it's for flavour, smell, and yeah, it's got quite a strong flavour. So people used to use it um, you for a hot bunch of it yeah. over your over your uh, fireplace, your hearth, to keep the bad spirits away. Oh, and right. then when you go to a new house, you light that bunch, which is nice and dry, and whisk it around the house as a, as a smudge. And that, that's where people these days use sage, which is a, a, a cousin of it. But um, wormwood or mugwort's the one that you, you use as a smudge stick to get the bad spirits out of oh, your fantastic. house that you need them to. And it tastes nice, yeah. And it tastes good. Perfect. It's a nice tea, mm. and you get... Um, so it's a cleansing beer, as you say. <coughs> yeah, also, we, we, what you've got to remember is that people have been making beers for a long time before been doing them with hops yeah when the abbey was there was no hops when the abbey was about so they would have been using whatever is about and stuff and you read books and things it's kind of arcing back to that going forward and the beers years ago would have been a bit grubbier than they are now but because it's fermented you're not going to get diphtheria and all those wonderful things it's actually good for you so um, why not just have a little step back in the, into the past? We, the one that Matt was saying about the Gruet went into the Dorchester Beer X and I brewed it with Anthony at Copper Street Brewery, my fierce business rival from Dorchester. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wore Anthony Man and Anne. So there's no hops, straight in with what we kind of all bought along and procured. In it all went 8% as well. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's incredible, but now there's a couple of bottles left on the shelf. There's 20 litres in the coal store, and that's gone. We'll go in the brewery in a bit. We've got um, Ginger Fox brewing at the minute, and that's got 40 kilos of fresh ginger went in yesterday. Oh, mate, you wait till you get a nose full of that. Yeah. It is handsome. All the ginger in there, that's fermenting away. It's on the second day of fermentation, so it'd be kicking and smelling on nice. Excellent. We'll go and have a whiff of that. That'd be you? lovely, you, yeah, to go and have a look. And you can have a chat about that. We can catch up with Jody then. Yeah, that'd be the great. Invisible man, he's in there, but he's brewing legless jester in a minute. Fantastic. Well, we'll head yeah. on, we'll head on head inside on, and, inside and, and bit, yeah. see what's happening. Brilliant, let's do that. We have stepped inside the hub. Yes, <laughs> back in the middle. So that's true. And I'm being encouraged up a ladder. Yes, please get up that ladder, Kevin. Okay? I mean, stick your nose over the top of that. Whoa. I know. That is. God, that is ginger heaven. Say. That is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. That's, God, that's like the nicest smelling ginger beer. Jody! What? How much ginger went in that then, you? How much? Yeah. 40 kilos. Hello. This is Jody. Hi, Jody. Hello. You're, and you're partners with Vic, I guess? Yeah, not in the biblical sense, but. No, no. But obviously doing most of the hard work by the looks Always, yeah. <laughs> How did you get into brewing? Well, I had one of the pubs in the village, but managing that. Um, in CERN? Yeah, in the Giant. Oh, yeah. And um, when Vic moved down, he'd come and drink in it. And I said, I want to put a brewery. You know, it'd be nice to have a brewery in the pub. And then that didn't work out. But he went off brewing at Piddle and then Salisbury and bits and bobs. And then um, when, that, when the pub finished, we ended up going in partnership with a 
and buy the kit and start it there. And here we are eight years later. Yeah. <laughs> Super. And these are mashed tons, I take it, are they? This, uh, this is a fermentation vessel, these three here. And then okay. you've got a uh, hot liquor tank, mashed tun there. So obviously all the barley goes in, get the sugar out of the barley, goes in the copper, boil that up, add the hops, transfer it into there, fermentation vessel, add the yeast and off we go. Wow. Simple as that. <laughs> I mean it's yeah. and this I mean it's the smoke here is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that ginger is quite, I mean, smell that, smell that might Amazing. Off, but it's also warm, I guess that's just the machinery, or do you need a temperature? Yeah, a lot of, obviously the machines create a lot of that, and also, and behind you there, that's just been boiling uh, Oh right. big vessel there, so a lot of steam out of that, so, yeah, yeah it gets quite warm. So right. the barley goes in, you're getting the sugars out? That's it, yeah, we extract the sugars out, we what they call sparge in it, so we, we basically fill it from, from the bottom. Uh, with hot water, yeah, 65 degrees, and then we sparge over the top. As a and as the uh, the water sinks through the barley, it drags the sugar out, and then we transfer it into the copper, fill that up, um, and then, like I said, boil that, and then add the hops. Then. So it's just the sugars you want from the barley. Yeah, and then obviously, the stronger beers have more sugar to turn into alcohol. Right, and that's you know, that's the process. And will that process take all the sugar out of? whatever's in there or can you get more you can yeah I mean we, we try and get as much as you can so a nice slow sparge um, nice and gentle and it'll get you know get more uh, get more sugar out of it that way um, for the stronger beers we, we might have eight to ten bags of, of malted barley in it for the for the weaker ones you know six six bags seven bags right and how many litres are you going on to make from it's about an average it's about 900 Right, oh wow. Eight, eight, eight nine hundred. And when, when we do a bottling run, we fill it right up, and then that gives us a thousand litres. And then that goes off the bottling, comes back nicely bottled for us. Fantastic. So how do you, silly question, how do you get it out, out of there? What do you put it in to go off to bottling, into barrels, I guess? No, or? it goes in a, like a giant bag in box. Thousand litre IBC, sort of. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that we, that we, that we put, pull the van up there with the box on it. Um, we don't have a forklift, so it's all done a bit, you Whoa. know, sort of a bit old-fashioned. But yeah. we pipes running through the brewery into it, and um, you know, off it goes. Yeah. How many hours are you? This is obviously full time, but you in here most no, of the time. It's more than full time. Oh, is it? <laughs> Seven days a week. <laughs> yeah, virtually, yeah. We've well, got to keep an eye on it, that. So yeah. temperature variations, um, checking the gravities, uh, making sure it's not, you know, not too hot, not too cold. It gets too cold. We add heaters to it. You know, kick the yeast back in, um, and then we crash cool it when it's got to the relevant gra uh, gravity you want. Um, crash cool it, and then that stops the yeast from from being active, and then the yeast will lie dormant then, and then you can transfer it into one of those vessels with your conditioning tank, which um, sort of force carbonates the beer, gives it a bit of life, and it's in there for a couple of days. Depending on yeah, you know, depending on how, how the beer is, and then then we rack it from that into cans. Right, amazing. Yeah. And are you happy uh, making it or selling it? Oh, making it. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose especially. And drinking it to be fair. Yeah, yeah. You know, it must got, be tough actually. <laughs> you got to try it, haven't you? Yeah. You you know, <laughs> we, we, we were told that by the HMRC man. He said you have got to make sure that it's right. So we do. We we, we you know. You stick by the rules. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much. That's ready. Right. Yeah, no. no.
like you we've gone through the the process of the brewery and now we're standing outside where things are being enjoyed it's friday afternoon sun shining early summer what's not dark about it's that just, eh? it's just <laughs> perfect there's obviously people at regular faces that pop yep. in and absolutely enjoy some beers and this must well make you really happy on a day like this oh it's no place like it really is there swallows wheeling around yeah. the farmyard it's perfect what a fantastic enterprise that's um well, it was a say. we haven't even talked about our hops grow out the side of the barn have you whoa I know, it just doesn't stop does it mate look at that. just doesn't stop better have a look at the hops on the side have a wander up and have a look at these here hops they are the granddaughter of jester I think they're sisters of Harlequin. Right. Um, so yeah, it's all from the British Hot Breeding Programme. And um, run by our great friends of Charles Farham, Hot Merchants, which obviously the greatest hot merchants in the world. And that's just because they are the best and the biggest. And um, yeah, so the Hot Breeding Programme, obviously we've got a few of these binds up every September, the second Saturday of September. We pick the um, cones off these, and then they're all going to be on that day. What's significant about that day? It's those vests, you. Second Saturday September, isn't it? Got yeah, so they're, they're grown on the, on the barbed wire now as well, which is lovely. And fantastic. And then, um, just past the hop, across the field of barley. I think you couldn't make that up, really, because you. Oh no! Look at that. You could just. We're actually looking at the giant across the field of barley. Um, with hops to our left with a blue sky and 50 yards from the water from which it's made and looking back down at the well it's busy it's buzzing it's lovely thank you so much for your time Vic really oh, appreciate it okay. thank you for coming and on brilliant thank you very much no worries cheers I've just um it's finishing a mouthful of biscuit <laughs> and I'm sitting beneath an apple tree in a lovely little garden which is a proper farm garden really it's nice and overgrown with some nice smells we're being danced around by swallows martins and swifts buzzard drifting over it's idyllic and i'm with will best who is the man who produces the barley from which the beer that i've just sampled is brewed will thank you very much for having me how long have you been here well, it'll be 75 years come October. Really? <laughs> actually, my wife and I have actually been the farmers of it for, I think it's 51 years. Wow. Maybe 52, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's an interesting story about the brewery, because when I was 66, my, my left knee completely gave out, and uh, we were dairy farmers mainly... And the cereals that we did grow were for the cows to eat. Yeah. And um, the farm been organic since the 80s. And uh, we have some pigs and we used to have sheep and we'd do a bit of arable and some thatching straw and all sorts. But the dairy was the main thing. But I couldn't, I could no longer get the cows in and milk them because my leg was just gone. And the doctor said, well, you, you better retire and then you can have a knee replacement. Um, so we did sell the dairy herd, which was quite a wrench. Um, and then I recovered from this knee operation, got a bit more mobile. But 
we were doing some fairly sort of low-key tickover type farming, just grazing a few cattle and things. And Vic appears, probably then, when the very start of his brewery and his first premises up the top of the hill, and more or less bullied us into growing. <laughs> well, he didn't know. And to be fair, he he took he took me up to the Maltsters for their open day up in Warminster, and the Malts. Warminster Maltings is incredible. It's grade one listed and it's still doing what it was listed for, i.e. being a Maltings. Wow. Yeah. And it's all still done by hand and, and so on. And um it was really it was really marvellous and of course they gave us a few pints and one thing or the other. So at the end of it I said, Okay Vic, I'll I'll have a go at growing this barley for you. And the funny thing is that I sowed my first winter cereals for my my own in 1970 and the two varieties the wheat was maris widgeon yeah and the barley was maris otter and in 19 in 2021 guess which varieties we sowed maris widgeon because <laughs> it's very good for thatching straw as well as bread it's very good for bread as well in fact it's actually sought after as a bread flour by craft bakers oh really oh wow um, and Maris Otter because that is the variety of barley which is said to produce the best malt yes and of course breeding you know more recent breeding has tended to be look at yield and things like that but not really look at flavour and what yeah. the end product I was going to ask because um, I read about Maris Otter and um, it's rarely grown now I presume it's because it's it's not particularly successful economically well it's, it's fairly it's fairly low yielding but of course right. what happened so anyway we put a few acres in and they malted it and Vic had it and it was all marvellous and the beer was good and and they the maltsters came back to us and said can you grow more can you grow more because what it, I think what had happened was that they had gone to the craft brewers and say, look, we want, you know, um, we've got this wonderful variety of barley, make, yeah. make the best malt, make your best beer, uh, Maris Otter. And they sort of looked up and said, um, I take it it's organic. Oh, um, mm, we've only got one organic grower. <laughs> 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 and, um, I mean, hopefully they're getting some more, but... We can't grow a very... It's not a very big farm. We have to have... With organic farming, we've got to have a sensible rotation. So we can only grow it, you know, in any one field, what, one year in seven or eight or something. Oh, wow, yeah. So, so obviously, we restricted the acreage we can grow. And ho- hopefully, they found some more growers. But it's actually because it's so sought after, they've been paying us a very good price for it. So, actually, it started off as a favour to Vic but actually I think Vic's done us a favour getting us so it's nice of a real viability making us grow us of it it's quite a nice story that is that's lovely yeah. and then and, and obviously organically I mean you're it's well hard to compete oh yield wise output. yeah yeah yield wise no I mean we we probably get half maybe two thirds the yield that the modern varieties would give the people growing it with the chemicals Marisot is that autumn planting Yes. and um, Or seeding, I should say. Yeah. I mean, how do you then... Because when I was a kid growing up in Hampshire and lots of arable land... Yeah. And people... Roguing was the big thing do you, to go out. We still do you it. You still here. rogue. We Brilliant. still do it here. Yeah, we've got probably next week. It's not too hot. We'd we better do the 
the wind's barley because this, as you realise, we're pretty much in a drought situation here and everything's racing towards harvest too early. Yeah, in the 70s and 80s and that, we, we all rode desperately and we actually got so that it wasn't an issue on the farm for 10, 15 years. And then when we weren't really looking, they started popping up. And one pops up one year and you don't notice and you've got about 150 next year. <laughs> um, so it has become it has become more of an issue. But I, I was just driving past the wheat this morning and there was a great tall wild oats sticking out there. I must get that one. So I walked out in the field and the ground is so hard and dry. Ooh. I couldn't get the roots up. Really? It just broke off. I just I could not get the roots up. Wow. I mean, I'd have had to take a sort of garden fork to it or something. Yeah, we're in a, quite a drought situation. The soil here is very all over the place around here. Are you on the green sand or the chalk, or are you? No, um, it, it's it's all on the chalk. And um, Robin Appel, the man who owns the maltings, he jumps up and down and says, "Oh, you've got Andover series." That's okay. the best soil for malting barley. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's actually, I think, I'm right in saying, because we have basically like a bit of variation in the soil, and and we have we have the clay cap, which is like this layer of clay over, over the top, sort of reddish clay, and then on the slopes we have this lovely dark soil, just quite shallow on the chalk, but it's lovely soil. It's I mean, all of it is absolutely jiggered with flints of all yes. sizes. Yeah, I bet. Um, but people say, "Cool, how'd you get on with these?" I, say, well, I don't know any different. I mean, they rattle, you know, when you're <laughs> drilling or something. Yeah. But you know, we're used to it, and we obviously have to do a bit of rolling. Um, but but they're just part of life. Um, but so I think we are probably in the right place for malting barley, the right variety, get the soil in good heart through organic farming and and you get you get a good pint well yeah yes and i've i've now sampled yeah a few of their beers they're very nice and when i'm followed the path of the stream or the river down the valley but and obviously the journey from you to the brewery is is just a short 10 minute hop yeah but the but of course the barley has to go to warminster to be malted and come back yeah so so until vic gets really enterprising and starts doing his own malting yes i mean that would be that would be quite something but yeah it does have to go there and back but the the spent grains yeah my son has just driven up with the truck so they come straight back here as much as we want for our pigs so that completes the circuit, really. Yes, which is lovely. Well, so what pigs are they? What's um, old spots. Oh, Gloucester wow. Old spots. Oh, lovely. No, we don't have very many. We keep a few. Nice fat bacon. I bet. And really handsome animals as well. Yes. They, they were called the orchard pig. I don't think I'd dare let them loose in our orchard. We, 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 have, <laughs> we have hens in our orchard, and that sort of seems to work all right. But I'm not sure old... Stigger and many of the sows would be terribly well behaved in an orchard. I mean, I think to be fair, they just used after they'd after they'd picked the apples, they just let them in for a bit to tidy up all the ones that were yeah, that yeah. were left. Because Stigger, the main sow, when when she was a youngster growing up, my son came back to moved into the cottage here, and previous tenants years ago dumped all their rubbish at the end of the garden, and it was just disappeared. You know. And we put an electric wire around it, gave her a little hut. And every morning I go 
in with a bucket of food and I'd come out with a bucket of plastic she dug up. Really? She, would, wow. she went through, dug up all the plastic, left it on the surface. I'd pick it up. Amazing. And is there any left now? Is it? No, no, it's all gone. Then <laughs> um, my son, see, you know, he grassed it down. He's got like a sort of little bit of a hay meadow up there. Yeah. And um, it's the same with nettles. You, you know, you get a bad nettle patch. Well, the chemical boys will spray it, but we don't have that option. So, so again, we put a wire around it, put a hut up, and keep them there long enough that they don't just eat the nettles, but they get all the roots up, and then we can seed it down again. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for pigs. Yes, I bet, I bet. <laughs> and obviously, with it being an organic farm, I mean, we're seeing just the amount of hearing deans and swifts that are wheeling around. Insect life must be yeah. pretty impressive, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I think so. It's been a bit quiet, you know, because you know how it's been dry, but it's been relatively cold Yeah. for sort of May, June. Well, now it's really what really hot, and there's, there's much more sort of buzzing about yes. now than... There was earlier you know we try and get as much kind of bird life and things as we can i'm quite excited about the increase in yellow hammers yeah. which had declined on the farm and they definitely more this year keep seeing them buzzing about and also when we were dairy farming and cutting silage in the third week of may it wasn't much good for the skylarks no. now we make hay later they can get brood away and they're doing really well but i'm having a bit of an issue now with my hearing and um so i can't this... hear the larks anymore oh no and if you can't hear them you tend not to see them no ex- absolutely we get a lot of roe deer we get too many you know too many deer they eat the you put plants in yeah the, plants in the hedge and they eat them and also they absolute pain knocking the electric fences over all the time and we have a stalker and he came in the other morning and he shot a couple of bucks and he said I saw 25 hares oh wow yeah that's a fast and, and I was at, the other morning I was out just around the cattle and there were, there were six all together running around and there was there was three youngsters <laughs> the other morning they almost ran into our truck and they, they, they haven't grown into their ears no yet, you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> they're a certain age that their ears are just absolutely enormous relative to the rest of them well it's so nice thank you very much for the tea and thank you so much for oh we've got pied wagtail on the reef as well yes yeah they're yeah. often out there and they're, they're great ones for following the cattle in the winter Do you um, get, I'm going to go them. off on a tangent hang on <laughs> but th- no, thank you very much indeed for your time yeah the um, do you get yellow wagtails well I think Well, I could have listened to Kev talking to farmer Will Best about the wildlife on that farm for a very, very long time. What a beautiful sounding place it was and lovely to capture all the sounds of swallows and swifts. I'm delighted to say Kev has joined us in the studio. Kev, hello. Hello. Uh, It's great to see you. And Um, you all. Well, I say in the studio, he's joined us remotely from Dorset. Because uh, of uh, the powers of modern technology, I mean, we can't zip you like Star Trek, like into the into the studio, but uh, we're here with Hannah and Jack as ever, and uh, well, good to have you all here and to talk wildlife farming, and most importantly, yeah, yes, <laughs> Kev, you got the best <laughs> best job in the series. Um, thank you for taking us into the brewery. It, absolute pleasure, and it's yeah, well, yeah opened yeah, the door to a, a really nice world. Actually, I've been back since. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we should have got you from the brewery today. <laughs> exactly. Uh, wonderful characters there, Vic, Jody, and Matt, as well as obviously Will. Um, Just amazing characters. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and the people that were coming in to the brewery, they open sort of for the public and, um, and there were just people coming and going and then lots of locals just coming in and they were helping out and doing this and doing that and just everyone was so happy and positive and welcoming and they just they just want to be part of it it's a really nice thing it's obviously um uh, there's a strong community feel at certain is that is, is that the beer or the local community i think a both? bit of both i think beer <laughs> always helps um generate some community <laughs> spirit doesn't it <laughs> yeah um and if you're all sharing it and they and they do various things they've just had a, a festival there this weekend endorse it they called it and it's called endorse it yeah um, <laughs> oh i got it okay it's so pretty yeah. slow today <laughs> um which was a three-day do um which looked a lot of fun and then in a couple of weeks um chesney hawks is going to be Chesney Hawks, the, the uh, yeah. uh, Han and Jack are too young for Chesney Hawks. Probably. You know, you know who Chesney Hawks is? I know the name. Okay. I am the one. I'm aware of him. Okay. I am the one and only. Is that the, is <laughs> that, that the one? That's him, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he had one, he had an enormous hit in the 80s. And he was at school with Vic and um, he's doing a sort of benefit gig for, for Vic, who's not very well. So um, they're going to raise some money um, for treatment. and. Oh, my goodness. Because Vic, Vic was so spirited and so full of the joys of life. And yeah, amazing, how... yeah. And really nice to sort of see the process as well and go, yeah. So you're surrounded by wildlife, as, as you've, you've explained to listeners before. You yes. deep in the Dorset wilds and you've, you're basically like a sort of Doctor Doolittle. Uh, <laughs> we with... do, yeah, the house is shared. In fact, we've got a Robin who um, has basically explained where he wants his food put. And um, and with the weather being good and the doors being open, he comes in the house now, and he just he flew in yesterday, flew up to the bookshelf, just sat sat on top of the books, just surveying his domain. So yeah, he's the boss at the moment, the Robin. But he's now got he's now feeding a baby, popping in and then getting some food, and then feeding a youngster just on the step, which is rather nice. Before we uh, any further ado. It is a hot day. I mean, we're recording this an extreme heat wave in Britain at the moment. We are in a cool room in the basement. Kev, I hope you're cool there. But I, I've got some cooling aids this end, and I, I think you might have a cooling aid. That we've got some Dorset beer in the studio, to, so we can have some sort of harmonising across the east. Absolutely. And I'm going to open this. But Hannah, are you going to try it? Because I think you need to. I need you need to confess something here. <laughs> Feeling slightly like a fish out of water, as this is not something that I drink usually. You don't, you don't drink beer? No. Um, I have the taste of a child. I need things to be sweet at all times. So I haven't quite matured Lucky into we have Jack here. beer yet. Hey, well, as the sweet. Yes, as the sweetness. I'm going to pour you those. Uh, would you try it at least? Yes, just to, just to, For Kev's sake. Exactly. <laughs> do anything for Kev. So this is a, a golden ale um, from... From Dorset, it says. From a not not the Cernabas Brewery. I couldn't find any Cernabas. No, they're brewery probably beer. not not that far up in the shops. I wouldn't have thought, but they're certainly becoming more and more available. Um, I am drinking Cernabas beer. 
in my CERN Agus, Abbas. Oh, this is fantastic. So Kev has yeah. lifted the glass up. It has the giant, the CERN Abbas giant. We're going to come to CERN Abbas in a minute mm. as a, uh, with all the rude bits still graphically on the side of the glass. And Kev's just... Kind of, just some. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, summer's day. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I like that. It's really refreshing. And um, I'm imbuing it with visions of Dorset Coombs and mm. the sea, uh, uh, the golden cap and looking over the ocean, drinking beer. All those that lovely. one looks quite summery and hoppy. and um, Very. I quite like the um, darker beers now. I've got more into Do you? them. Okay, mm. yeah. So that is the traditional English beer. Really. I think, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, it would be because hops, I don't think, originate here, do they? Okay. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think hops were brought it were in, brought in by someone, possibly the Normans. Now I'm way up my depth. I'm no, I don't. Do know you know what we need about. to do is more beer podcasts in order to get our exactly. knowledge levels up. Exactly. Um, but certainly the the darker beer is generally more malty. Yeah, and I, I, I mean I brew. I, I do cheats brewing at home, which is where you get a kit from your local brewing shop. It's just a question of emptying this can of malted goo like treacle and adding sugar and water and yeast and hops and then it magically turns into beer but friends who do brew it and the smell from their houses when they're brewing properly with the all the gosh boiling up the barley and it's a heavenly smell it's probably one of the most comforting smells of it is it is and the smell inside the by all the sort of big drums in at Cernavis, the smell is unbelievable. It's not overpoweringly alcohol, it's just all the ingredients. And the ginger, because they were making that massive ginger oh, yeah. vat yeah. Um, with 40 kilos, was it? Ginger. Oh, gosh, 40 kilos of ginger. Yes, it's sort of like the entire harvest of a. Of a yeah, I did. And that's, I had to go back and I did try that. It was quite nice. It's quite strong yeah. as well. In fact, Hannah would probably like that because it's quite, it's got the sweetness from the ginger. If you're a ginger fan, I am a ginger fan. Then you'd probably like that. It's got mm. and it's quite strong as well, which can sometimes be nicer because it's about I think it was seven or eight percent. So you know, a couple of pints and you'd be dancing around the Christmas tree. I think, <laughs> but it was very nice. Well, it's Indeed. it's definitely somewhere. It's a good inducement to me to go back to Cernabis because I haven't been there since I was eight years old. Apart was from I right? passing through. You were right, yeah. It's yeah. where I caught my first of a fish, but um, because we were allowed, in, we were taken to the pub and given a fizzy drink and told just to get on with it. And while the adults carried on, <laughs> the holidays in those days were very simple. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've got these vivid memories of just this sort of enchanted place, Sonabas. It's a stunning village. I think it was voted not long ago the most, but you know, one of one one of the most desirable places in Britain to live in. Oh, really? Gosh, it's got a lovely. It's a lovely word, a lovely name, Cernabas. It is, yeah. yeah. I, I looked up actually, and um, you know, what, what Thomas Hardy. I was, I'm always curious as to what he called villages, and he just called it Abbasernley or something. Oh, really? <laughs> like, oh. I mean, he really yeah. stretched it. I mean, out. That's what I would do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's rubbish. It's so bad. But um, yeah. but and it's obviously very well known for its giant. This huge. Um, chalk figure on the hill. Great phallus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Recent research suggests that it could be Saxon because there's always been arguments about how old it actually is because the sort of white horses up in Wiltshire and a much more recent Victorian, I think, whereas this is 
I mean, some people believe it to go date right back to Iron Age, but I think Saxon seems to be a popular. That's pretty good. I think that's that's you know, well over a thousand years. Yeah. Saxon. So, yeah. And it's quite crude. I think some of the horses on the hill on the hills, particularly around um, Marlborough, are very very recognisably modern horse shapes. Yeah, Whereas yeah. the the um, the white horse Stuffington is a, a marvel of form, and it, it's almost like a deconstructed horse. You've seen the white horse at Uffington. I, I would have done. Oh, yes, yes. Well, I we know have, to do, po- oh, yeah, we have we... to do a podcast there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So galloping across the hill. That's yeah. the most extraordinary thing. I think that's an outing. So, Kev, while, while you're here, while we've got you and while we're drinking beer, we've got to tackle a review that we've had, uh, which is also the reviewer has posed a question. We got this through Apple Podcasts. And it's from, it's from Mustard, and then in brackets, Colonel. Uh-huh. And... He says, a question for you all. Uh, He says, this is a version of a question that I've ripped off from another podcast. That being said, however, here it is. If you could pick one thing to emerge from a chrysalis as, so if you were to go into a chrysalis and emerge into something else, what would it be? And he he or she says, preferably something featured previously on the podcast, but I, I think we can... It's our rules, <laughs> um, <laughs> Colonel Mustard. Thank you, Colonel Mustard. It's five-star review, so thank you very much for that. Um, but an intriguing question, one that's had us sort of stumped for a few weeks, so we've, we've been thinking about um, Kev or... I think Jack, actually. Jack, you look most confident that you've got an answer to this one. Wow. Uh, what would it be? I think it would be an owl. Oh, okay. Partly because I've been told before I've got quite owly features. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think also specifically the one that flew into you. Yes, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> bringing it back to being in the podcast. Yeah. I'm a night night sort of person. I'm not an early morning person. I'm a sort of night person, like an uh, well, owl. Like nightclubs. Oh, of course, all the, all the nightclubs. Um, so I'm a a night person, and I think they're quite. I'm, I mean, if I'm really if I'm really going deep with this, I think they some of their senses are really strong. Super sharp, yeah. I guess, sort of that for me, my hearing's probably quite. Yes. My, yeah, I've got a strong yeah, sense yeah, in that yeah, that yeah. way. So maybe that's my my link to being an owl. You're a podcast owl, yes, fantastic. Okay, yeah. As Jack, as he's saying this, his head has just moved through hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> well, interestingly, I think I would also like to be a bird. Oh right, but specifically, I'd like to be Helen McDonald's bird, Ooh. and I could just hang out with them all day. Oh, and really? have a lovely time, so I wouldn't mind if I was like a parrot or a raven or a goshawk or anything, but pigeon. it would be a lovely thing to be, I think. Yes, pigeon. <laughs> so you'd be quite happy perched on Helen McDonald's gauntleted hand. Kev, how about you? you uh, um, have you got a... Well, I was going bird as well, actually, and I was thinking um, golden eagle. Um, yeah, um, of course, he has to one up. Well, no, but now <laughs> I've got <laughs> towels, they? Yeah. But listen, but now I've been. I've, I feel like it's almost a bit cliched, and it's a bit. It's a bit too grand because Golden Eagle is majestic. I mean, it is the most. Well, majestic you're majestic, bird. Kev. I mean, I yeah, can see I'm, it exactly. I'm definitely not. And then thinking about <laughs> it, actually, um, a dormouse would be quite good. Dormouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the dormouse, yeah, exactly. Just because mm. I'm good at sleeping. And um, and if you ever heard a dormouse snore, that's quite that's quite. Have you heard a dormouse snoring? Yeah, 
Oh my goodness! I feel, well, I feel in your presence now. I don't think I've ever met anyone who's heard her dormouse snore. Found someone doing a survey in the woods once, and um, and just tagged along until they got fed up, and, and then they found a sleeping dormouse. And yeah, it's just this really soft. They just sleep, you know. And they they're doing. They were surveying. I mean, they were supposed to be there and and properly surveying dormice under license, but um, had a dormouse in their hands, and it's just curled up. And it's just just a soft little snore. Wow! So, so that's nice. you picture yourself in that same sort of is it like twenty th- in someone's hand? <laughs> yeah, Helen like, McDonald's yeah. hand. She can have <laughs> Kevin one hand and, and you in the other, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, I do- wouldn't eat you. I promise. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. You're a gossip. I wouldn't. I feel like I would keep some of my humanity. Be like, oh no, we'll look after Kev. Yeah, just let me sleep. Well, both both you and uh, and Jack will be looking at Kev hungrily. <laughs> I've got no loyalties here. I'm like... <laughs> just a light snack. Yeah, it goes down really well with owl beer. I was thinking similar. Like an adder would be quite fun just to yeah, bask in be. the sun. I mean, you no, know, it'd be quite quite nice not to have to do quite as much as I have to do during the day. So I like the idea of just crawling out when it's sunny and just bathing with very little sort of that's that's it get warmed up and then perhaps go and catch a vole i'm getting a sense of how tired you two are (laughs) (laughs) i can i can get the adder thing although but the idea of never being able to blink would bother me oh yeah that's distressing yeah that would be annoying although blinking is exhausting (laughs) (laughs) exactly adders have got it right down to uh, (laughs) limited activity they don't even bother blinking. Don't have to cut your toenails with it as you're an adder. That's no. a brilliant thing. You do have to uh, shed your skin, though, don't you? Yeah, like but imagine that. Uh, gosh, but imagine sort of getting rid of it and going, oh, I feel fantastic today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great question. Thank you, Colonel Mustard, um, from the billiard room with the lead piping. That was a, a great, great What would term. you like to be, Colonel Mustard? Which, what would you yes, like to come yes, back you yeah. do, Yes, exactly. Back at you. Back at you. And... Listeners, please do tell us what, because I think we've had a go at it, but we've been taken a bit by surprise. So take your time to let us know at the most interesting and why, what you would like to change into. Another question we've been asking ourselves recently is what is our favourite sort of picnic food or going out food? Like what would you, if you're going out for the day, what can you depend on being in your bag? Oh, um, I quite like... Um nuts raisins and trail mixes and things mm. they're good and they're just um and and they do they go a long way you're still bag. in dormouse mood <laughs> a little, little bit yeah those sorts of mixes with, with dried fruit as well quite like mm. those sorts of things that's good that's, I think very that's nice. a great one that's a new one for us i like i'd like to hear some really interesting things for us to try out from listeners that um so please get in touch with me. I'm Fergus Collins. My email address is editor at countryfile.com. Kev, what else have you been up to? Because I always love to hear your tales. You're always out finding interesting things. I had a really, I had quite a, an emotional moment um, about 10 days ago. And I went fishing, apart from the light. And I, yeah, I, I, it was two amazing things happened. The really amazing thing was that I was sitting and it was a lovely, it's this lovely tench lake and it's lily pads and it's, there's no one else there. And it's just, it's a very nice spot. And, um, and it's full of life. And, but then just out of my periphery, sort of to the right, I sort of, I saw birds just moving. And then there's two orders on the right hand side. And I thought, 
and they went behind those trees and then my mind's like whizzing thinking trying to sort of process what it's seen and i thought that's interesting those those swallows or martins that were mobbing that buzzard looked a lot more like crows that were mobbing a white-tailed eagle and then no and then as i sort of worked through my head i suddenly thought oh my gosh and then so by the time they came out the other side of the trees i was on my feet with my binoculars which had always come with me and it was one of the white-tailed eagles oh my oh. goodness from the isle of Wight gosh. reintroduction and it's the yeah. first eagle i've seen for 10 and a half years wow which is the longest period of my life that i've gone without seeing an eagle they're reintroduced they're taking it probably came from a nest in mull because they're doing so well up there but so and then they're released on the isle of Wight. there's been a bit of hoo-ha with about around around the reintroduction which it is a reintroduction but there's been a bit of opposition and some and sadly one was found poisoned in dorset wasn't it yeah that's right yeah yeah i think i think it's one of those deeply disturbing stories so it's quite likely that it was deliberately poisoned and we are still awaiting some sort of yeah, the investigation, think, aren't we? Or, or I think the police closed the investigation. I think the evidence in, for anything like that is so difficult to um, a deliberate act is in, almost impossible to prove. But um, mm. but yeah, very sad. Um, but but on the positive, seeing this eagle, was oh, just, yeah. and for Absolutely. an hour, I couldn't I couldn't fish. I just was and I was just grinning and I, I <laughs> felt a bit teary. It's just amazing. It just literally <laughs> left me. That's absolutely so buzzing. It was incredible. And the best thing is, because they're tagged, I contacted the chap who is part of the Roy Dennis um, Association, and he could tell me it was, um, I can't remember its tag number, but it was a second calendar year male. So it wasn't so even not, one not of them. Quite, not quite ready to breed yet. But just, no, I think normally about five, wouldn't they? Okay, so we're going to have to wait, wait before the, ne- the first nesting attempt. But that's very exciting times. But massive birds, eight-foot yeah. wingspan, just... And looked very stupid going over this little tench pond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, the don't, they don't. They seem to be out of place. Well, maybe that's what people think is that they shouldn't be here, but actually, that, that's where they, they used should. to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kev, that's brilliant. What just full of full of joy as ever. A trip to a brewery, and also happy tales of reptiles and very exciting tales of eagles in Dorset. So. Look forward to having you back soon on another adventure. And I know you're going to take Hannah fishing at some stage. Yes. Well, thank you. Before we go, I do have a countryside joke. It's been a while. You know, embrace yourselves. (sighs) It has been sweet reprieve. (laughs) So, (laughs) why don't tawny owls mate in the rain? Uh, Shall I tell you? Because it's too wet to woo. Too wet to woo. Good. Yeah. Oh dear, cute cucumber. <laughs> it's that's not bad. I, I, I almost have you got on? Have you, no, yeah, I haven't. I don't think I know. I, I don't. I can never pull jokes out to order. No, I, I've had to spend. I've had to spend six weeks planning that. <laughs> Did it go down as well as expected? <laughs> Better actually. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I was greeted with silence rather than, than booing. Um, well, that was a wonderful adventure. Thank you, Kev. All that's left for me to say is thank you, everyone, for listening. Join us again next week for another lovely adventure in the countryside. But for now, goodbye.